Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Take the Cake listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. I am chilling in my living room looking at the sun setting, and for once there are lots of clouds in LA, and it's really pretty, like purple and pink and blue. Uh, Yes, okay, so I thought that today I would dial it back and do a little bit more of a personal episode, a personal Q&A, a life update, uh, so to speak. I don't know. It's just the vibe I'm feeling. I just got back from Texas. Um, If you listened to my last episode, then I talk about how I'm going to Texas and I just got back. So we went with... um, Uh, friends of ours and we were just at a lake and it was my first time in Texas and it was so fun to be on the lake and just to do water sports. I did a wake surfing for the first time, which is when you basically, a a speedboat creates a wave, like a wave that you would surf like in the ocean and, and you just ride the wave on a little board that's like a little surfboard. So that was really fun, uh, and yeah, it was really relaxing and nice, and it was so good to go with our close friends. So one of the people we went with has actually been on the podcast. Her name is Sarah. So Sarah and her husband, Bo, are some of our greatest friends. Sarah's truly an angel in my life. I love her so, so much. Uh, She was on two episodes of Take the Cake Back in, I think, 2020, maybe 2021, uh, she wrote a book and it was, and it is such an amazing book. So I went with her and she's actually going to be on a pretty near future uh, episode of Take the Cake soon. So stay on the lookout for that. But it was so nice to be with her and her husband and Rio. I just feel like having close friendships in your 20s and 30s, just in your adult life really, doesn't matter how old you are, is extra special. Um, they really are so, so amazing and they understand us. And when they don't understand us, they want to understand us. And when they don't understand us and they can't understand us, it's okay, right? Like, I don't know if this makes sense. Maybe I'm blabbling on. Honestly, just really good friends who we have so much fun with and we laugh our butts off and we're like crying laughing and then we're also having deep conversations so just love them love the balance and it's really really good to have friends in your life where you can feel safe and be yourself around and I think the reason why it's so important to me to talk about this is because for a pretty long time I really didn't have that Uh, moving to LA it was difficult for me to really make friends that I felt like really understood me and I mean, I had and have great friends in LA, but I don't know. I felt this sense of loneliness um, sometimes. And I feel like, especially in 2020, I mean, didn't we all feel pretty lonely? But I just felt like I was kind of missing some depth and friendships in my life. And I feel like now it's really been, it was really worth 
the wait, so to speak, you know, is it worth waiting um, around and not trying to force friendships that I didn't really align with? So I think that's the moral of the story here. Anyways, so fun. I'm just getting back to getting back into life and back into coaching and podcasting and posting on social media. So it is all good stuff. So I asked on my Instagram if there were any life questions that anyone had, lifestyle questions, and I got some. So I thought I would just do a little Q&A here. Um, These questions are more, I use the term lifestyle questions. So some of them are about food and body. Some of them aren't about food and body. And I just thought I would go through them and share my thoughts. Somebody said, what hobbies slash dates do you do with Rio? Rio is my husband. Um, So Rio and I love to see movies together. He is in the film industry and I've dabbled in that industry from modeling and acting in commercials. So we love seeing movies together in the movie theater specifically. We love going to the beach. We love taking Millie, our dog, to the park and doing laps with her and running around. We love getting ice cream. Oh, man. I don't know. We like postmating food, <laughs> like walking, um, hobbies, and dates. We actually have been thinking and talking a lot about kind of incorporating more date nights into our week because I don't know. It just feels like we haven't really been prioritizing date nights. Like this sounds like such an old person thing to say. It's like by the time the weekend rolls around, Friday night rolls around, I'm just so tired. So I feel like we really have been motivated to kind of get off our booties and go and do some stuff. Like we live in LA. So I don't know. It's like, why are we just sitting at home? You know? Um, so we like we also like playing games and watching TV. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. I feel like we do have some like random hobbies and stuff. Uh, oh, we like making clothes together. We love thrifting together. Thrifting is really something we like to do, and we like to like thrift clothes and then like rip them, rip them apart and cut them up and paint them, like paint on them and kind of make them our own. So I don't know. Are we fun? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay. So somebody said, how do you handle the ED tendency to slip into a repetitive routine? Okay. So I'm going to speak on, I think, back when I was still in recovery because personally, I don't feel an ED tendency anymore in my life. Um, so I think... This represents, to me, this represents something deeper, right? So why do you thrive or does your eating disorder thrive in repetition, in a repetitive routine? To me, that could indicate you really want control over your life or you really want structure in your life and your eating disorder is giving you a sense of structure and control. So where else can you find control and structure in your life that's healthy? So that can look like um, outside of food and body, and it could look like in the realm of food and body. So outside of food and body, okay, what do I want kind of more control over? What would make me feel more structured and more um, in alignment with my life? 
Maybe it's going to bed earlier and really making that a priority. Or maybe it's developing a skincare routine that makes you feel really structured and on top of it. Um, there's a lot of different things you could do. Those are just two um, that could help you to get more structure. Another one I'm thinking of is just cleaning up your space, like reorganizing your apartment, kind of getting some feng shui up in there. And, um, you know, just writing down what areas of my life do I just feel like I have no structure and exploring them because, you know, there could be a lot of areas. There could be, uh, it could be in your school or your work life or your relationships. Like maybe those are areas that food and your eating disorder is kind of masking that you could explore. And then when it comes to creating more structure around food and body, um, just flipping the rigid control from the eating disorder into rigid control in a healthier way. So by that, I mean, instead of slipping into an eating disorder repetitive routine, allow yourself to go into a healthy self-repetitive routine. So doing something every single day that is recovery-focused that still gives you a sense of um, stability. So that could mean uh, having... You know, every single day having breakfast from 8 a.m. to 9.30. Obviously, if it doesn't happen in that time frame, still having it. So I hope that helps. That's um, a really good question. Somebody said, what makes you happy right now? Okay, the first thing I thought of is Millie, probably because I'm kind of looking at her right now. Millie's my dog. Um, what, what makes me happy? Oh, man, Freedom feeling free, just being myself. That's been just so important for me. Um, what makes me happy? Uh, TV, sleeping, podcasting, laughing with my friends, seeing my friends, uh, dancing, going to concerts, and doing my skincare routine. Those make me happy right now. Somebody says, how often do you work out? So that really depends on my life. At the moment, I feel like anywhere from zero times a week <laughs> to four times a week. Uh, I really don't have a r routine. Um, I think on average at the moment, I'm working out about three to four days a week. And it can be walking for 30 minutes or it could be weightlifting or it could be doing some Pilates um, and really no duration or frequency set in stone for my, for me. And that really has allowed so much healing in my life to not set rules for myself when it comes to working out. Someone said, what are things that you do to make your everyday life feel special? Good question. The first thing I think that has come to my mind is investing in myself. So, for, for example, I have loved doing my nails and I've been on this like nail growth nail journey where it's not a big deal, right? Like nobody's really probably looking at my nails and saying, oh my gosh, your nails are amazing. And it's kind of for me, you know, I'm just like, I love growing up my nails and like putting the oil on my nails and filing them every week and doing them every week. It's like self-care. It feels really good. So that's one example. Another example is just like spending time 
cooking nourishing meals for myself in the kitchen. Um, what else makes me feel, my life feel special? Yeah, just the little things. Just investing in myself, buying myself clothes that feel more sustainable and like less fast fashion is making me feel good and making my life feel special. Um, and again, spending time with people that I love is really, really good. I've been loving socializing lately. Like I feel like in 2020, 2021, I was just like, yeah, let's stay home. And I've just been totally wanting a lot of social time lately. And it's been really good. Somebody said tips for getting into journaling. Mm. <laughs> I do not have a journaling routine at the moment. I love journaling when I do. So I'm just all about empowerment. If you, if journaling isn't fitting in your life right now, that's okay. There are lots of other ways that you can express your thoughts and feelings and, um, you know, you could go for a walk or you could stretch or you could take a bath. You could do anything, talking talking to someone, having a therapist or just someone to talk to, a coach or something. I feel like trying it, trying different journaling prompts could be helpful. There's tons of like you can go to Etsy and search for like daily journaling uh, blank worksheets or whatever. Um, they're not blank. They're like fill in the blank and like daily morning gratitude journal pages. That's something you could search or evening journaling gratitude pages. <laughs> that's kind of a lot of words, something like that. And tons and tons of different options come up and you can just start there. I haven't mentioned this anywhere. Maybe this is a good time to say there, this isn't set in stone. There's a possibility of some uh, journaling situation happening for the future of my life in terms of, <laughs> I sound like so vague, I'm beating around the bush. There's a fun project that is in the works that has to do with journaling that I will most likely be revealing in the fall, I'm assuming. Okay, that's all I'll say about that. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Someone said, how do you stay strong in recovery when you're stressed? Okay, so yeah, stress is a big one, right? Um, it's really easy to go to the eating disorder or go to some unhealthy coping when we're stressed. It's just human existence. So I feel like taking a moment to just forgive yourself and know that you're doing your best. In my mind, when you're really stressed, it's okay to kind of coast through the basics of recovery, meaning maybe you're not making tons of progress, but like you're still staying stable and doing what you can as is the stressful time goes on. Although I will say this, I think a lot of us get kind of addicted to the feeling of eating disorders because they give us this false sense of control. They give us a false sense of, um, it's almost like a high where your body is kind of in chronic stress response and it kind of feels good. I've mentioned this before, but it's kind of like having a cup of coffee. Your, your adrenaline goes up, your blood sugar gets unstable and you feel this sort of high that the eating disorder can kind of give you. Eventually that burns out and that's not a sustainable source of, 
like that's not a sustainable coping mechanism and that's not a sustainable way to live in the body in chronic stress. So I would say just understanding that in reality, like let's say I was talking to somebody who didn't have an eating disorder or a a rocky relationship with food. I would say to them, the best thing you can do when you're stressed is eating, like mitigating the stress. Because what happens when we're stressed is um, our bodies, like I said, they go into fight or flight. And fight or flight uses our minerals. So magnesium, potassium, sodium, the stress response actually, we lose minerals. That's really like so important to know, I think, because so many people think that when I'm stressed, I just don't want to eat anything, which is definitely valid. And that's a human experience, but really the best thing we can do when we're stressed is to give our body nourishment, Um, remineralizing the body. And also just food is grounding. So when we're stressed, we often feel like we're floating. We're just like above, not grounded. So giving yourself food and feeling the feeling of food in your body, as scary as it might be for someone in recovery, it is a grounding thing that can help us kind of go back down to earth, so to speak. So I feel like just understanding your physiology here and understanding that the best thing you can do when you're stressed is to feed your body, you know, eating foods that are nourishing. Like I said before, you don't have to try your best to make huge progress strides and try all your fear foods and totally just go all in so or whatever when you're stressed you know you can just manage as best you can have have the safer foods you know don't have the eating disorder version of safe foods but you don't have to always constantly be challenging yourself you can give yourself a break and allow yourself to coast while you're in a high stress situation somebody said how to cope with sudden changes in plans slash being on a holiday and out of routine Yes, great question, especially for the summer as we're entering into a season where we're traveling a lot. Uh, Okay, so sudden change of plans and traveling and recovery. For me, I always just thought of those times as recovery challenges, like the eating disorder, fear food challenges I did on YouTube back in the day. I'm just like, that's what this is. You know, you got to go in for it, go into it thinking this is going to be challenging At the same time, planning ahead. So planning as much as you can. Really planning not like the meals because, you know, you're maybe you don't have that ability, but planning your coping strategies and mechanisms beforehand. So coping ahead, essentially. Uh, Having your therapist, having a therapy appointment, having your coach, talking to somebody about it, having people that you're traveling with there who understand you, at least one person Let's say you're traveling with a group of people or one other person. Hopefully that person at least knows your situation a little bit and can be there to support you. And just like I had mentioned in the previous question, I don't necessarily think you have to 100% challenge yourself. You know, you can some of the time kind of coast and have a safer breakfast if you know that later that evening you're going to go out to dinner or something like that. So trying to kind of plan where you can and like have structure where you can and in the instance where you can't leaning into that energy of this is challenging and just leaning into gratitude. So when you feel very overwhelmed, 
taking a moment to be grateful is so powerful, which is super hard in the moment if you're feeling highly emotional. Another thing you can do if gratitude is hard is just taking a break. So excusing yourself, going to the bathroom, taking a walk around the block, just removing yourself from the situation to kind of clear your head um, is something I recommend as well. Going into vacations with the abundance mindset. So going in thinking and knowing you do not have to restrict yourself restricting and controlling yourself just makes makes us go crazy so really tuning into that grateful and abundant mindset when we are traveling or when there's lots of spontaneous plans spontaneity is so healing for the body it is a part of human the human experience is to be spontaneous so just understanding that the resistance to this spontaneity is holding you back and allowing yourself to enter into spontaneity will heal you on so many levels. And the next time you're in that situation, it'll get easier. So just taking on the challenge and being that amazing warrior you are is, is what I would recommend. Somebody said, what are some activities I could do to reconnect? Sometimes I don't want to journal or meditate. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You can do anything. I have, ton, I have so many of my clients do just a list of what makes them feel embodied. So what makes you feel in your body? They can, it can be things from your past. It can be things in your present. It can even be things that you haven't done yet that you feel like would make you feel in your body. So that, and gosh, there's tons of things I'm thinking of. Swimming in the ocean, stretching, having sex, being with yourself sexually, um, talking to somebody, talking to a friend, talking to a parent, talking to um, a loved one, uh, doing a puzzle. Puzzles are really meditative and really fun. Coloring, doing art. Um, I, I know I keep saying skincare, but I'm loving skincare lately. So that's another thing coming to my mind. It can be anything, any, any, anything you want to do. It can be breathing. It can be going to a kickboxing class. I don't know, just anything uh, that you feel can help you feel embodied and connected. Okay, next question says, how do you make friends in your 20s? Your friendships look so wholesome. Oh, that's so funny because I just had talked about that. Um, okay, so I moved to LA when I was 20 and I was really sad because I left a lot of amazing friends in Indiana and in the Midwest where I'm from. And to be honest, for a long time, I felt a really big hole in my life and felt super lonely and alone. Um, I was lucky that I had Rio here because he had a lot of friends that he had made just from living here before I did. Um, so when I moved to LA, I, I was going to this church and I met a lot of my friends through this church. I no longer go to that church and, um, you know, don't have connections with the church, but I still have a lot of my friends from that experience. Um, and then social media has been amazing. So I've met incredible people on social media. And I've just, especially recently, I've just got a few social media friends that they don't even feel like social media friends. Like it, they just feel like friends. So that's been amazing. And then um, Rio's brother, um, Isaac, and his 
uh, wife, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, Lara, are incredible. And so they're amazing as well. I feel like I definitely have quality over quantity when it comes to friends in my adult life at the moment. And I love it. It is exactly, exactly what I want in my life. And I feel so grateful. Like I said, I spent a long time feeling pretty alone and really just like meditating on this and wanting this and asking, you know, God, the universe divine to give me friendships. And I really, especially during 2020. So I feel really grateful now to have the friendships I have. And I'm not a closed person. I think just being open is something to do. Um, So to answer your question, how do you make friends in your 20s? I'm going to say, be okay with being alone and use that time to get to know yourself better. Hang out with yourself. Also, be open. Put yourself out there. I truly feel like if you walk down the street and kind of change your attitude. So I don't know this. I don't know you at all. I'm, I'm talking, you know, to myself here. If I really wanted to make friends, I feel like just putting the energy out into the world that I want to receive back is so crucial. So like complimenting, you know, other girls or guys, like, I love your outfit. It looks so cute. And like getting to know people, like being a friendly person and complimenting people or just like, that's a really good way. I feel like to start conversations, complimenting somebody or like relating to people, you know, saying yes. And without huge expectations, going to meetups is a really good option. Like, you know, if you like have a favorite influencer or something, um, like TikTok has this cool thing now where people are like looking for girlies who live in, I don't know, California and who love thrifting, like comment below, you know, you can connect with people through there as well. Um, so yeah, just putting the energy out that you want to receive also, oh my gosh, activities. So like taking an art class, um, taking like joining a yoga studio. If you're a spiritual person and you have like a spiritual practice, like doing, that sort of thing could be great to meet people. Um, so activities and common interests are another great one. If you want some friends in the recovery space, then I feel like, you know, joining like a support group could be good. Something like that. Okay. Somebody said, how was your experience with SIBO? Um, yeah. So truly, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but the traditional SIBO like approach of antibiotics didn't really help me in the long run. Um, that's not to say I don't think you should take them. I think you should 100% listen to your doctor. Um, for me, SIBO was not my root cause of my symptoms for my digestive struggle. My root cause was... Um, my eating disorder. It was under eating. It was restriction, chronic malnourishment. So with that in mind, the SIBO was a consequence of the eating disorder. So my digestion greatly healed when I fueled my body. When I, I don't really like when people say when they fueled their body, when I ate enough and when I nourished myself, that was huge for me. Um, 
I also, you know, this is not everyone's, everyone's bodies are really different, but reintroducing dairy and high quality grass fed meats, not that I was ever vegetarian or vegan. Well, I was for a short amount of time, but not in my recovery, but just like incorporating better quality meats and more of them or animal products also really helped me as well. So my experience with SIBO was just, it wasn't the root problem for me. So every time I did a treatment for it, it didn't really help my issues. That's not to say it won't help yours. Like I said, you know, it's important to make sure you listen to your doctor. You know, you can always get a second opinion, but um, that's what I would say really is my experience with SIBO. Eating enough food, like we just need, we need to eat more food than we are taught and told in our lives. And if you have any feeling at all that you aren't eating enough, there's a really good chance you're not. So just keeping that in mind. I eat a lot more than I thought I ever had to, and I love it. Someone said, what are your favorite things to do on a day off? I think I kind of already answered this one um, when I said stuff that makes my life feel exciting. Um, so yeah, my favorite things to do on a day off. Let's see, like a I wake up, I sleep in just a little bit on a Saturday and maybe just going to get a coffee, maybe going for a morning walk with a friend, um, going to the park with Millie and I, you know, would love a nice beach day, swim in the ocean. Oh my gosh, this is making me happy thinking about this. Um, having some really nourishing meals, baking some bread, maybe doing a little bit of movement. It sounds like a jam-packed day. But, um, yeah, that, that would be what I would, what I would want to do on my day off. I don't know, just kind of basic, watching a movie, watching TV, getting ice cream or making ice cream. I love making ice cream. Rio and I have an ice cream machine. That's how much we love it. Watering my plants, listening to music. I'm, I'm a music person. Um, so I just love like curating my Spotify playlists and listening to good music. Um, okay. I think that's pretty much my ideal day right there. I also love, um, trying out new things. Like this is going to sound extremely lame, but I really want to try the simulate, almost said stimulated, whoa, simulated skydiving where you like are in an air vat, whatever thing, like it's like a big fan on the bottom, I'm assuming. And you just like fake skydive. Like that sounds really fun. There's, there's one in universal studios in LA and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. I don't know why I really want to do that. I love doing that kind of stupid stuff though, that you're like, this is just so random, but I think it'll be fun. Like last year, um, I really wanted to go to this 4D movie theater. And I we actually went, Rio and I went with Sarah and Bo, the people we went to Texas with, and we we just cr- cracked up laughing and we actually didn't even end up staying for the movie. It was so intense, like the chairs were moving and there was like air and water and like, it was just like almost like nauseating, but it was so fun that we like tried. So I love doing that kind of stuff. That's super random. Setbacks during recovery and how to move forward. Setbacks really are, to me, they're messengers. So it's just another chance to try again. Um, 
So moving forward from setbacks to me means seeing them as an opportunity to grow and not being reactive to them. So if something happens to you, not choosing to bury it under the rug, instead really going through what triggered this event, what happened, what were my thoughts and feelings during this event? Was this event planned or was it um, random? Like, did it just happen? Did I, what did I do after the event to mitigate the stress of the event? And then, you know, what can I learn from this event? What actually can I take away from this? And really seeing it as an opportunity to move forward and be grateful that you're, a- you're able to. So just seeing it as, as more information is really important. And someone, you know, this person said setbacks, like, I guess, what are they? Um, like some setbacks. I feel like it's really different for every person. When I work with my clients, typically I do a green, yellow, and red light system. Kind of sounds like Fritz for a child, but it works well. So the green light are like signs that all is well. The yellow light are maybe some signs to be aware of, like when these things happen, um, to be like, okay, I am in maybe a slippery place and I need to be more mindful. Maybe that's a good time to reach out for support or just talk to somebody or really just reevaluate and add some structure to your life. Um, and then the red light area is, you know, signs of really, you know, you really need help. They are signs that you need to put a pause on your life and, develop some sort of way to get back on track. So that's what I would say in terms of setbacks. No matter what happens, um, I think it's important to remember and remind yourself that no setback will be strong enough that you can't move forward with it. Um, So just keeping that in mind, if you're still here after your setback, you can do it. You know, you can get back to an even better place than you were before. Okay. Last question is thoughts on being veggie and having a veggie lifestyle after slash while recovering from an eating disorder. So I'm assuming that means vegan or vegetarian. Okay. I think that it's great if you are a vegetarian for your, the environment, for reasons, you know, maybe even for your health is a fine value. It's fine to value, you know, caring for the planet, caring for the environment, caring for your own body. It's fine if you don't like me. It's fine if you um, don't like dairy and animal products. Um, I think what's really important here is that what is the label of vegan or vegetarian doing for you? What parts of that label does your eating disorder latch onto and what parts does your healthy self latch onto? Because if you feel like there's any indicators or feelings that your eating disorder self is latching onto this label, then I would say reevaluate, you know, maybe try challenging this aspect of your life and seeing what happens The reality is, is being vegan or vegetarian does not make us more healthy or, or good or bad. I mean, maybe in some people it does. Um, I would say for the majority of people, it's more about preference and, um, you can have, there are just as many 
dietary plans, so to speak, as there are people in this world. Meaning you really don't have to label yourself as anything to live the life you want to live. You can free yourself up and I feel like that's the most empowering thing. Obviously, plants are incredible for our bodies and they're absolutely vital for our lives. So I think really reframing um, and seeing and investigating what aspects of the label and of being a vegan or vegetarian are rooted in restriction and what parts are rooted in abundance. And then you can kind of navigate where to go. It doesn't make you a bad person to eat animal products. And if you are interested in my thoughts on on shopping for food more consciously, I actually have a solo episode called Tips for the Grocery Store or something like that, where I talk about different intentions that you can have with grocery shopping that can make you a more conscious consumer and without labeling yourself, such as buying grass-fed and grass-finished beef, buying, uh, supporting your local farmers, going to farmer's market, um, you know, doing farmer's boxes, all that stuff, buying organic, just buying with intention. Um, those are obviously all more expensive and not as accessible to us. So again, it doesn't make you a good or bad person for doing that. It's just something that if it aligns with your life at the moment, you can look into. Um, but like, I don't know, I'm just not really into the labels right now. Um, because they don't empower me. So those are my thoughts on it. But if you're, if you feel like being a vegan or vegetarian or plant-based empowers you and it makes you step into your potential and you feel liberated and free, um, and medically you're not missing anything and there's no, no medical red flags, you know, I'm not a dietitian or a doctor, but I don't see any problem with being a vegan or vegetarian as long as your eating disorder is not latched onto it. I think for most people, including myself, if I was recovering while being vegan or vegetarian, it would make it a little bit more difficult because just having any sort of restriction in my recovery was not supportive for me. But again, everyone's recovery is different. And if it empowers you truly at your deepest core, then that's great. I, I love that, you know, you found something that works for you. So whatever diet you're currently doing, I think it's about intention. Okay, <laughs> that was the Q&A. That's all the questions I'm going to answer because this episode's getting a little long. Um, but thank you all so much for your questions and for tuning in and getting to know me more and just being such an amazing audience. I get so many messages, so many that are just so sweet and I really appreciate it. So um, stay tuned. I just wanted to also mention that I got some upcoming special cool project happening. It's actually not the journaling thing I had mentioned earlier. It's something else. So um, give Take the Cake Instagram a follow if you'd like. It's at Take the Cake Pod. And then my Instagram is at Kate Noel with two underscores at the end to stay up to date with these cool projects I'm going to be talking about pretty soon. And yeah, I'm just super grateful for all of you. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, for rating and reviewing this podcast. And I will see you all on the next episode of Take the Cake. Bye.